This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Again, for your giving, we're doing a series called The Power of Resurrection. We kicked this off, of course, on Easter Sunday as we celebrated the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we wanted to bring this message to bear, not only as a uh, a historical fact and a historical event that happened when Jesus was bodily resurrected from the dead, which we do believe in here at Passion Church, but we wanted to bring to bear the power of that resurrection in our everyday life. You know, where you're getting up, you know, tomorrow Monday, tomorrow's Monday morning. Sorry, not meaning to be a drag. Mars Monday morning, got to get up, got to go to work, kids got to go to school, got to do all that stuff. In the everydayness of just life, of living life, when life happens, anybody ever had life happen to you? Oh boy. Life happens. Does the resurrection make a difference? Is it just a historical fact? Is it just a, a, a quote-unquote Christian holiday? Or is it more than that? Does the resurrection of Jesus have anything to do with my present everyday life? Last week, we talked about the power of resurrection in resurrecting our dreams. God wants every one of us and desires each one of us to have a dream. Not just paying off a mortgage and paying off an automobile, but a dream that is bigger than ourselves. Something that taps into that that purpose God designed us uniquely for. He gives us a dream and we get to pursue it with Him. Sometimes as we go through life, we lose the sense of that dream. We lose the pursuit of that dream. And we talked about it last week about how God will resurrect that. And uh, if you weren't able to be here, uh, go on our website at mypassion.church and you can listen to the podcast uh, anytime that you want to. You can download it or listen to it. And today we're going to continue that thought about the power of resurrection. We're going to talk today about resurrecting your hope. I want to give you a quote. I forget who quoted this, but it's very apropos. It says, man can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, and about eight minutes without oxygen. But here's the question. How long can a man or a woman live without hope? Hope is essential to life, I believe, as the air we breathe and the food we eat. When you lose hope, you lose all motivation. Isn't that true? I mean, life looks dark and dim and discouraging. Despair can set in. All kind of things when we lose hope, when hopelessness comes in. And I don't know, maybe somebody here today that you've lost your hope, or at least you're really fighting hard to hang on to your hope. You've become discouraged. It seems like that life has dealt you a bad hand that you've had a setback, maybe you've even experienced a failure in a relationship or in a business, whatever it may be. But I've got good news for you. God's power is still available. The power of the resurrection of Jesus is still available to you right where you live today. Right in your circumstances, right in your home, right in your marriage, right in your business, wherever the hopelessness has attacked you, I've got good news. Resurrection power is available. 
Hope is our lifeline to our future. Are you listening? In Romans 4.18, we know the story, the background. I'll give you the backdrop of the story here. This is talking about Abraham. If you know the story of Abraham, God sent him into the promised land. God gave him a promise. Not only that he would possess the land, but he said, I'm going to give you a son, and through him all the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham goes out at 75. Boy, doesn't that make you feel young. He's just getting started at 75. In our culture today, we think, man, if you're 75, you're ready for the retirement home. But God says, you're ready for the refinement, not the retirement. Amen? And so, you know, okay, Abraham goes out at 75. You know the story. God promised him a son. You know, at five years goes by, now he's 80. Well, you know, that's, that's still pretty good. You know, 75, 80 is not too bad. Then 85 comes. Then 90 hits. And I, oh, no, it's not looking too good right now, 90. And boy, when 95 came around to Abraham, and still no son, he got to thinking about this thing. Romans 4.18. I'm going to read out of the message. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Boy, I like this, don't you? So he was made father of a multitude of peoples. Wow. So what are we talking about? So here there are two types of faith. There's a human, or two types of hope. There's a human hope, and there is a God hope. Now, human hope can reach a limitation. Human hope is based on my or someone else's ability. It's, it's based on a human ability and a human wisdom to try to make something happen, to try to figure it out, to get a solution. And you know, there's, there's, a, there's a level that human wisdom and human ability can do, and we don't, we, we're glad for that. I'm, I'm enjoying it this morning. I'm glad we got lights in here. I'm glad we got air conditioning. I'm glad I didn't have to, you know, ride a horse to church this morning. So I, I'm not belittling human capability because God gave us that, but it is limited. And Abraham ran up to the limitations of human wisdom and human ability, and so he was a very good candidate for hopelessness to set in. You ever been there? I have. Where you've done everything you can do, you prayed every prayer you know to pray, You've grabbed hold of the promise of God. You, you stood firm. You stood steady. You didn't give up. You didn't give in. You held on. You held on. You held on. You held on. And you know, mm, 95 came, so to speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> that barrier, that, that place where finally human hope says it's hopeless. And that's where the God hope we're talking about needs to take hold. Amen? Hope anchored in human reason and wisdom has a limitation, but hope anchored in God and His faithfulness knows no limitation. Are you listening? Look in Hebrews 6, if you have your Bible. I'm going to read it if you don't. Or if you got your smartphone there, you got the Bible out. 
You can read it that way. Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading. Let's go back up to verse 17. It says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, which is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope, take hold of the hope. Listen, folks, you've got to take hold of the hope. You got to take hold of the hope set before you, set before us, may be greatly encouraged. You know what hope, God's hope does? The first thing God's hope will produce in you is encouragement, courage. Courage to stand in the face of human limitation. Courage to stand in the face of the no that the circumstances of life want to tell you. You can go this far and no further, this high and no higher. You cannot have this. You cannot, you cannot be healed. You cannot have your marriage restored. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. But when we take hold of the hope that is in God, in Christ Jesus, all of a sudden we can face that limitation and say, but God. We're talking about resurrecting your hope this morning. He said, the hope before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope. Everybody say, we have this hope. We have this hope. We have it. Say that again. We have it. Let's personalize it. Let's say, I have it. Yes. As an anchor for the soul. You know, the soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's where the, that's where the real fight of faith, the battleground is for the fight of faith, isn't it? right up here oh buddy you say well you're a preacher you don't know anything about that oh come on (laughs) I put my pants on the same way you do (laughs) listen I've been there when it looks all dark when it looks like it's it's, it's over just throw in the towel It's, it's done for yeah, you, you, boy, you, you really messed it up this time. You, it's not, God's not going, it's not going to work this time. And I have to remind myself, wait a minute. I'm going to grab hold of the hope of God and it's going to be an anchor for my emotions that are running wild. It's going to hold me steady when fear and anxiety and worry try to dominate. Keep me up at night. Keep me distracted and focused on the problem instead of the one who has a solution. Amen? Firm and secure. It enters the sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Now listen to this verse 19 in the message. I like this. Talking about hope. Hope is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God. Boy, I like it. I'm going to read that again. Maybe I need that more than you do, huh? Hope is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. Boy, sometimes you need a lifeline, don't you? Reaching past all appearances, all circumstances. Right to the very presence of God. Boy, see, this is why it's important for us at Passion Church, when you come, that you experience the presence of God. I want to know, I want you to know 
And I need to know that God is real. He's not just in the pages of a book. He is alive. He is real. He is active. He wants to be a part of your life. And hope is one of those lifelines that He has given us that reaches right past your circumstances, right past your lack, your need, your poor health, whatever it is, and reaches right in to the very throne room of God. Boy, that's a good anchor to have, isn't it? Absolutely. So what do we got to do? Like Abraham, we first, we have to believe in hope. I'm talking about the God hope. We have to believe in hope. He said, against all human hope, he believed in the hope that God extended him. He believed the lifeline of hope that God extended him would hold him secure even in the face of all of life's problems and all of the storms of life. I've got an anchor. Oh, hallelujah. Man, people look at the stock market and they go, oh, what are we going to do? We're going to hold on to our lifeline. Amen. We look at our nation seems to be divided, you know, culturally and politically and all that. What are we going to do? I'm going to hold on to my lifeline of hope in God. Amen. Against all hope, when it looks like natural hope and natural reason and everything, we need, we, you know, it would just be smart to give up. And to give in, we hold on to that hope. We believe in hope. So the first thing is, you've got to believe in hope. Amen? Look in Hebrews. You're right there. Hebrews 11. Listen to this. This great faith chapter. Verse 1. I'm going to read it. I like to read it out of the International Standard Version. Listen to this. Now, faith is the assurance that what we hope for will come about. See, before you can get to faith, you got to get to hope. Because it didn't say faith just brings stuff to pass. It says faith gives substance to what? Faith, faith is the assurance of what we hope for. One translation says faith is giving substance to what we hope for. Hope is like a blueprint. It's a picture, it's an image that we can see. But you know, you can't drive a blueprint. You can't live in a blueprint. Isn't that right? But a blueprint is necessary to build something. Faith is going to be the builder, but we need a blueprint. We need something to guide us. We need something to hang on to, and that's our hope. And he said, faith is the assurance of what we hope for will come about, the certainty of what we cannot see yet. I can't see the answer to my problem yet. I can't see. Maybe, maybe my marriage is not healed yet. My body is not healed yet. My finances are not healed yet. Uh, the direction and the wisdom I need, I don't, I don't have it right here yet. But faith, along with hope, gives me the confidence, what? That it is mine. It exists. The answer exists in God. God has my answer. And hope is my lifeline. And faith is my assurance. I don't know about you, but I preach myself happy. Hope is, be- believing in hope causes hope to become reality. Listen, there will come a day if you don't let go, if you will stand firm, believing, hanging on to hope, there will come a day for laughter. You know, Abraham, Sarah too, Abraham reached 99. Sarah was 90. I want you to fix. Do you know anybody that's 99? 
You ever been around anybody that was How about 90? And now they're still going to have a son. Now you know why she laughed when God said that. Same reason you're laughing. But listen, let me tell you, if you will believe in hope, not let go of your hope, a day of laughter will come for you too. You'll see the reality of that hope come to pass if you won't let go. Amen? Our hope is anchored in God's promise. It's anchored in God's promise, isn't it? It's anchored in God. It's not anchored in my my circumstances. It's not anchored in whether or not the pastor has the answer or I have the answer or some other uh, guru has the answer. My hope is anchored in the promise of God. What did God say? What has God said? Say, well, I don't know. Well, that may be why you're struggling with hope. Find the promise of God. Amen? You know, we'll go to great lengths to do all kinds of things, you know, uh, uh, you know, where we're financing our car or saving for retirement or investing or, or we're an entrepreneur and we own our business. We'll, we'll work tirelessly for that. But it's amazing to me, Christians won't take a few minutes just to find a promise in God. And listen, it's easier today to search the Scriptures than it's ever been. You can get all kind of Bible apps or apps to go on your computer, and you can just type in a key word, boom, it brings them all up. So we really have no excuse, do we? It's not like the Bible's still written in Latin or Greek. It's not like we don't have access to it. We just need to what? Make the time. Maybe, maybe you're not in enough pain yet with your circumstance. Amen? I'm telling you, I don't like pain, but one thing that we can't say that about pain that's positive, it lets you know something's wrong. Isn't that right? It lets you know something's wrong. And then God don't want you to just grin and bear it. He wants you to know He has a solution, and it begins with hope. Now, how, let's talk a little bit. Losing our hope. How do we lose our hope sometimes? I mean, you know, that does happen. In Romans chapter 8, verse, I'm back up to verse 24. For in this hope we are saved, talking about our hope in Christ Jesus. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. You don't hope, you don't, I don't have to hope for a pair of reading glasses. I got them. Isn't that right? My hope for a better pair, but I, you know, I got a pair. Isn't that right? So, so hope that it seems not hope at all. The fact that, see, we need hope for what? What we cannot yet see, what we cannot yet grasp. But we need hope for that. Who hope for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, what does hope have to do with? It has to do with what? What we do not yet have. I do not yet have the solution. I do not yet have the provision, the healing, whatever it might be. I don't have it yet. That's why I need hope. And hope is found right here in this book called the Bible. It's found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's found in the reality of a relationship with Him. But sometimes, even we who are believers, He says, if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And this is where the rub comes, isn't it? 
I think that we're probably in an age and stage in our culture here, at least in America, we're probably the least patient we've ever been. Man, I'm telling you, I remember, I can remember the first computer I got. Boy, I thought, man, this is something. Look at that. I can pull up stuff and all. You know, you 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 download a document or a or a picture or something, you know. But, of course, when you first got on, you know, you, you dialed up on the phone line. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Remember that? That sound? Bing, 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 bing. You know, the first thing that would come on would say, boop, you got mail. <laughs> Man, it was slow. But we thought it was great because it was new. You'd, you know, you download a document or a picture, you know, you could go off, you know, and eat your breakfast and come back. And it's still downloaded. We thought that was great. But now, I'm telling you, if it's, I mean, if it's, you know, if, if it just that little wheel gets to turn just the least little bit, we're talking to that computer or that phone or that app or that. Come on, you know, y'all don't look at me in that tone. You know, we're, we're, we're not patient. Well, I mean, I read stories because people had to wait for their meal, you know, at, at a fast food restaurant. They get all mad and throw coffee on people. Come on and forget commuting. Boy, if you have to commute, you've heard of the road rage. We're, we're impatient people. Hope has to do with patience. So sometimes, you know, we lose our hope because what? We lose our patience. God, I thought you was going to do this tomorrow. You ever, you ever had God speak to you a uh, maybe in your prayer time, maybe he, the Holy Spirit spoke to you a promise or, or, the whole, uh, or as you're reading the Scriptures, God spoke a promise to you. Just You know, it just jumped off the page and you knew God was speaking that to you. Anybody besides me, don't leave me up. I'm not crazy, am He spoke to you. But then, you know, I thought, man, especially when I was a young Christian, I thought, man, this is going to happen by next week. I mean, God created the universe in six days. This ain't going to take long. You know, until the first couple of years went by, and I kind of got to readjust my. But see, maybe, maybe you have a promise. Maybe you've been praying about a circumstance, praying for your kids, praying about your marriage, praying about something, and it hasn't happened yet. Don't let go of your hope. Don't let go of what God has spoken to you. And sometimes we can have a setback. You ever had a setback? Boy, if you haven't, you need to be up here preaching instead of me. Tell us all how you did it. I've had a setback. Or maybe we've even had a failure. Had, had, had my share of those too. And when that happens, it's so easy for the devil to come and just your natural mind of reasoning start to tell you, see there, God didn't tell you that. God did, God's not going to do that. See there, see there, see there, see there, see there. What does he want you to see there? He wants you to see there where the circumstance is rather than look here where your hope is. But I'm going to hang on to my hope. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe as you're, those of you that are here, maybe, maybe you've had a setback. Maybe you've even had a failure. But i got good news for you. If you won't let go of your hope and your lifeline, God's going to come through for you. God can come through for you. God will come through for you. He will deliver you. Thank you for that two amens and one holy grunt. All right, let's talk just for a 
just a few minutes about the resurrection of our hope. If you're here and you, you, you're, you're struggling to hang on to your hope, or maybe you've become hopeless or discouraged because of your circumstances, because of the time element that's gone by, and it looks like it's not happening, it's not ever going to happen, and those voices in your head are talking to you. Anybody besides me have those voices in your head? I don't want to think I'm crazy or anything. Well, circumstances have a voice, don't they? Pain has a voice. Sickness has a voice. Lack has a voice. Bills have a voice, don't they? Absolutely. So, the resurrection of our hope. Uh, turn over to uh, Zechariah. Now, here's what you do. You go to Matthew. Everybody know where Matthew is? Hang a left, two books. Malachi, Zechariah. Does that help any? I know this is where you, you, you were just reading in Zechariah, weren't you? After this verse, you might. I'll first read it out of the NIV, and then I'm going to read it out of the message. It says, Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Listen to the message here. Come home, hope-filled prisoners. Boy, that sounds like an oxymoron. Hope-filled prisoners. Yeah, because see, here's the thing. If you're discouraged, if you're hopeless, you're a prisoner. You're a prisoner of your circumstances. You're a prisoner of your pain. And God says, you know, it starts out, you know, first thing you got to do is get some hope. And how does, if you're a prisoner, how do you get hope? You come home. You come home. He said, come home. Hope-filled prisoners, this very day, say that with me, this very day, I'm declaring a double bonus. Woo. Everything you lost, return twice over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the resurrection of hope. So we have to return to the source of hope because what? He says, if you will return, even though you're a prisoner, even though discouragement and hopelessness may have come into your life, he said, all you've got to do is return home, even though you're a prisoner, and return to the source of your hope. And he said, you're going to find that there's going to be a double bonus. God's going to give you a double for your trouble. <laughs> How do we return home? First of all, God's Word. Turn to Romans 15. I'm telling you, when I'm in a battle, when, when hopelessness and discouragement try to, to, to tie me up and to bind up my mind and my thinking, man, I'm going to God's Word. Verse 4, Romans 15. For everything that was written... Say everything. everything. Woo. I love it. That means cover to cover. Amen. From contents to maps. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. 
We're in an endurance race, not a sprint. This race, the Christian race is not to the fastest, the swiftest. It's to those who will endure. And the way we endure is what? We grab hold of hope. What did David say when he was faced with discouragement? He said, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul, hope thou in God. Amen. That's good advice. The Word of God, God's Word will encourage you. It will strengthen you. It will strengthen your hope. It will take the slack up in your lifeline. <laughs> Maybe you've got a little slack in it there. Get, get it, tighten it up. You're connected to God. You're connected to the source. You're connected to life. You're connected to hope. And then look down in verse 13. God's Word, but also God's Spirit. Verse 13, Romans 15. May the God of hope. Woo, I like that. You know, I've heard people say, well, you're just giving people false hope. If it's hope tied to God, and it's hope tied to God's Word and God's promise, how can it be false? This is genuine. God's the genuine article. Amen. His word's the real deal. So when I get hope that's based on God's word and based on the encouragement of God's spirit, the Holy Spirit in me, that's not false. It can never be false. It can never be phony. It's the real deal. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace. You know what comes when hope is restored? Joy and peace. See, your circumstance may have not changed one iota yet. But when you're filled with hope, when you get connected back to the source of your hope through God's Word, His promises, and through the fellowship and the strengthening of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have joy and peace. You can lay your head down on that pillow no matter what the bills are yakking. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been there. I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. You can do your own thinking. This is what I've discovered. Now, I don't know it all by any means, but this I know. Because <laughs> I've gone through it. I've had experience with it. Some of you nodding your head like you have too. It says, God of all hope, fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him. You just trust. When you don't know how, you trust. When you don't know why, you trust. Isn't that right? You trust. You trust. Yeah, but I want to know all the ins and outs. You better get back to trust, buddy. You may be after something that's way over your pay grade. Amen? Remember this scripture, Deuteronomy 29, 29. God says, the things that I've revealed to you belong to you and your children forever. But the secret things belong unto the Lord your God. I remember, I've asked God some things, you know, at times, and he said, that's over your pay grade. Amen? You know, if you've been in the military, you know, the chain of command, sometimes there's this thing called need to know. Isn't that right? I mean, you don't have the private going in, taking up, you know, every private that wants to know what the general's thinking, taking up all the general's time, going in and having an interview the general and say, tell me everything now. How are we doing this? How's this going to work? And he's going to show you the door. <laughs> Why? He's too busy. He's busy doing this. So we need to trust God. 
Amen? When you, when you, you can't figure out the hows and the whys. You trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. You, you know, if, if I was uh, dealing with uh, uh, discouragement or hopelessness, I'd grab hold of that word, that, word, that, that word right there to you. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then... Thirdly, how do we get our hope resurrected? God's people. God's people. Come on. See, some people, you know, they come to church out of duty. Uh, They don't come to church at all, (laughs) you know. I've had people tell me, well, pastor, me and Jesus, we got it. Boy, I tell you what, they don't know how that struck my ears. I thought to myself, I sure am glad that ain't true. I'm glad that I'm glad I'm not having to depend half on what you're doing. You and Jesus got it. Boy, what an ego. You and Jesus, huh? (laughs) No. Jesus and the Father got it, but you you and Jesus ain't got it. We need one another. It's about relationships. The Bible's called, we're called the family of God, not the organization of God. <laughs> we're not the club, the social club of God. We're the family of God. We're not the 501c3 of God. <laughs> we're the family of God. Everybody say that. We're family. we're family. Families need one another. Now, I know you know what you think when I say family. You're thinking about your family. You know, and you know, in every family, we've got those people. In my family, I used to be those people. (laughs) You know, my generation, we called them the black sheep. But, but, you know, I mean, families aren't perfect, are they? Probably your family, but you could probably tell us some humorous stories about your family as I could about mine. You probably had family members that let you down. You, you may have let down family members yourself. We're not perfect, are we? We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We're, we're saved by grace, and God's still working on us. And He's going to be working on us right up till Jesus comes, or we go to be home to be with Him. So we understand we're not perfect, but family still, in the time of trouble, isn't it good to have family? Isn't it good that you can go and you have somebody you can talk to that will listen to you without judging, without condemning, without piling on, that will encourage you and say, hey, you know what? You're going to make it. God's going to help you. I'm going to stand with you. We're going to agree together in faith. I'm going to speak encouraging words to you. We can do it. And I think if, if church was more like that, we might be, have more people uh, in that church. That's what I want us to be, Passion Church. Yeah, but you, God says He's angry with the sinner every day. Well, you need to come on forward. You're way behind. That's in the Old Covenant. If you look at the Bible, you'll notice it says Old Covenant, and then it says New Covenant. Now, if you want to drive the old car and live in the old house, that's your business. But I think I'm going to live in the New Covenant, the new house, and then drive the new car. 
And so while we know that none of us are perfect, listen, piling on doesn't do any good. It just absolutely doesn't do any good, does it? I mean, when I'm in pain for you to tell me that I got pain, how does that help me? Or if I'm in pain, you say, you dumb thing, you shouldn't have done that. You, wouldn't have, you shouldn't have hit your hand, you know, your thumb with that hammer. Like I didn't know that. I realize I made a mistake. I, that's not really what I need. You know what I need now? I need somebody to encourage me and help me as I, with God's help, bring myself out of this. Isn't that right? I need encouragement. And that's what we're about. That's why we have small groups. That's why we, 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 we value relationships here at Passion Church. It's all about relationships. Knowing that none of us are perfect, we all make mistakes, but we can be there for one another. This is one of the ways our hope gets re- resurrected. Amen? When I see him, you're going to make it. You can do it. You're going to make it. God's Word says it. I believe it. I'm standing with you. You're going to make it. We're praying. Jesus said if two of us should agree, it'll be done. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. God's promises are yes and amen. He loves you. You're valuable to Him. We encourage one another. And hope gets resurrected. Let me give you some action points before we close. Let me ask you a question. Somebody might have a posit- uh, uh, an answer to this. Have you lost your hope? I dare say there's someone here, probably more than someone. Either you've lost your hope or you're hanging on to it by a thread. And let me share this with you. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. We've all been there. So if you've lost your hope, I mean, you know, first thing is you've got to recognize, hey, you know what? This is the condition that my soul is in. Doesn't mean you're not saved. It means that your mind, your emotions and all, you know, the, the circumstances have been pounding on you and beating on you. We've all been there. So the, the second thing I would tell you is, just like you said in Zechariah, return to the source of your hope. Come home, hope-filled prisoner. God wants to give you double for your trouble. Wow. I'll take double. Well, I just don't deserve it. Well, we already knew that. Did none of us deserve it? Let's just move on past that. God says, since nobody deserved it, He just gave it free to everybody. God will resurrect your hope. So here's what I want to do. I want to I pray this morning for those who are struggling with your hope. Maybe you are hopeless or maybe you are hanging on to your hope by thread. You feel like the guy, you know, just barely got his nose above the waterline. Can't go much further. You know, that is who God wants to minister to this morning. Would you, would you just bow your heads for a moment? This morning, you're at that place of hopelessness or on the verge of that. You're discouraged. It seems like that your circumstance is never going to change. That's what 
the voice in your head tells you. I want to tell you today, God is a God of resurrection. Just as He resurrected Jesus bodily from the dead, He can resurrect your hope. And all He asks is that you would trust Him and return. Return back to the promise of God. Return back to the strength of the Holy Spirit. Turn back and allow the family of God to encourage you and see your hope resurrected. If you would like to be in on this prayer, I want to pray for you. If you're in that particular state of mind, I want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand up? Just keep it up. I want to pray for you. Remember, there's no condemnation. Everybody in here has been there at some time or point. Father, right now, I pray for these who have their hands raised. Lord, I pray that they will, at this moment, return back to you in simple trust. That you, O oh God, are the God whose mercies are new every morning. That great is your faithfulness. Lord, that goodness and mercy will overtake them in their circumstance. That you will revive and restore them. And even as you promised, you will give them double for their trouble. God, today, as the body of Christ here at Passion Church, we surround our brothers and sisters with faith and love in the name of Jesus. We pour in the oil and the wine of our encouragement, of our love, that hope will be renewed and restored, O oh God. Father, they will grab hold again of the promise of God that was spoken to them, that they, O oh God, will let go and trust, that all weariness will leave their minds, the worry, the weariness, the hopelessness will be banished in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hope restored. Hope resurrected today in the name of Jesus. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus Savior and Lord. The Bible says that Jesus came. and That He gave His life for people like me and like you. People who were not perfect. People who were trapped in our sin. And our destination was hell and rather than heaven. But God so loved that He sent His Son. He died for you. He died for me. And God says, now the free gift of salvation is yours. All you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I want to receive Jesus or I've been away from Jesus. I haven't been walking with the Lord. I know, I, I know Him. I know I'm saved, but I want to come back for either one of those. If you want to be in on this prayer, just lift your hand up. That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm going to pray for you. Lift your hand up. You say, I'm, I want to receive Jesus, or I'm, I'm coming back to fellowship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, let me read you one last scripture to close, and then Brother Walt's coming to share some announcements and then pray over you. In Lamentations 3, 
says this. He says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Remember this. I want to leave you with remembering this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.